Hello. 771. Hello, hello. 771, really? Yeah, it is. Oh. Wait, did I make did I get it wrong? I don't know. I just feel like I guess that's right. Yeah. We were just at 69. Yeah. yeah. I remember this. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. Feels just like yesterday. 771 it is. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm like uh, about ready to head to Mexico for a little pre-Christmas vacay and I couldn't be happier. That I mean, you are due for one. It's been like a week since your last one. Right, exactly. It's getting it's a real so tough irritating and like you don't even know it. Like you don't get that like this is annoying about oh, you. I, I, I get it because there's like a trickle down in annoyance. And here, here's why I'll tell you a story the other day. Like this is going to sound like first world problems for sure. And so Eli and I were in Vail having a nice little ski weekend. Right. His, this is what I mean. Exactly. So his bindings were giving him trouble and he was like getting all upset because his bind. And I, I get it. Frustrated, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, Eli. Your boohoo, your bindings are giving you trouble, but you're like, you're going to let that ruin your day. Look where you are. Come on. Okay. Like, so my frustration, my annoyance that I could imagine that, 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 yeah, it, I feel For like the that, last that it month, down. I've been hearing about all of your vacations to Boca. Oh, right. I just got back your, to Florida. Right. I love how you're like, just right. Yeah. Right. Like, like <laughs> that's right. Cause most people, you know, Thanksgiving's a day and then you get Black Friday. Not Sarah, one whole week. Then she goes to Mexico for 10 days after she's been in Vail. And when she's not in any of those places, she's in her hot tub. Okay. I'm over here dealing with an 11-year-old's homework and and I'm trying to think of other hard things. (laughs) I couldn't come up with any. And that's literally it. Yeah. You know what? Uh, uh, I, I, I can't defend myself. You no, are correct. You can't. I mean, the only thing I can say is I, I am working through it all. Not like trying to get through oh, it all, I but I you. continue to work. So I, I am just changing the location. And, you know, felt like if it worked that one time when my mom fell off of a building and I got, went to Costa Rica, I was like, oh, maybe I can manage for a week in Mexico. I think you could buy it. I do. I think you yeah. That's the other thing she does. She likes to shorten it. The yeah, one like that it's she a week. took the one that she took in this summer, she kept pretending like it was like a week to ten days. It was thirteen and a half days and she refused <laughs> to say two weeks. Even though that is what it was. It was like weekend on either end or something like that. No, it literally was. I did the math because I was so (laughs) mad about it. I was like, why does she keep saying that when it's literally 13 and a half days? Suze, this is why I got you for your birthday a vacation. Oh, yeah. A whitewater rafting. That is not. That is a punishment. What? (laughs) You were like, oh, it's your adventure year. Here you go. No, I'm joking. I am excited about that. In fact, I went to book it, but then I thought, oh, no. Because, like, I, you know, my birthday's in August. And then by the time I went to book it, it was like shiver me timbers in that water. Yeah, I was thinking. I was like, this is the timing how it is. You got to hold on to it for next year. It's a next season for snow melt. And that's when the rivers are going to be great, too. Snow melt? Yeah, because it's cold. Snow coming off the water. But, you know, you'll be in wetsuits. It'll be really fun. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you know because yeah, and I that's got you guys what like I'm the gentle of. family, like you like package, like <laughs> gentle. Yeah, like it's like a calm <laughs> level one, like just nice down the rapids. 
gentle. Whenever I was being mean about your snowboarding, I thought people are really probably disturbed at how like I refuse to be happy for this woman. Um, but they should know that behind the scenes, you're always like, Sarah, I just want you to be happy in your life. You're like the, my biggest number one supporter, like the the most like in my corner of anyone. Because I right before you posted all that, I thought, you know what? I really need to just, she's happy. I don't understand it, but I need to just be happy. And then you post it and I'm like, oh, I can't do it. And I realized that it was the fact that it's all the same that was getting to me. Cause like totally. it could have all been filmed on one day. I, we would have no idea. It was two days. So yeah, it was like, but I mean, over these, all, all of these years, oh, all of them. Right. That's true. <laughs> That's true. If it weren't for like the steady improvement in my skills, hopefully. Yeah. It would look but like this that. is definitely something I need to work on. You know, we all have our personal demons. Look, I'm, I'm glad that I help you work through these things. Yeah. it's You're it's, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. And also that's why I drink. So anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, we have a big, big show planned actually, because you remember this is interactive, Sarah. This is interactive. And I feel like we, we like dressed accordingly. Like we're both wearing like some like knitted yeah. mate- like sweaters. Black. It's very, it's very like, uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. We just, this is a up. visual, this is a visual episode. Yeah, this is a multi-sensory uh, experience. Yes, literally for us. I'm nervous. We are going to be trying. For me, the first time. Is it for you the first yes, time? Yes, absolutely. Wet. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is kind of surprising, but yeah. Vegemite spread. Vegemite B vitamins for vitality, and mine comes in a squeezy. <gasps> oh, how convenient! Is yours like the classic? Mine's the classic. Okay. Yes. Look, I'm like an influencer. I'll put my hand. <laughs> Except I think it's an impossible thing to influence someone on. Okay, before we taste something that may or may not be good. Yes. I'll tell you about something my cats apparently think is delicious, and that is Small's cat food. I mean, it's changed our lives over here, Sarah. Yeah, you don't have to deal with the old stinky stuff anymore or what? Well, yeah, I... Would never have dealt with that. I refuse <laughs> to ever get wet cat food because it stinks to high heaven. Um, and those poor cats were chomping on dried cat food. It's like bar food for cats, like bar oh, snacks. Yeah. You know, like, like blech, pretzels. Blech. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and now they get delicious human grade meats. And that they love and say, mom, we're ready for all the time. They're on a <laughs> so schedule. Cute. Like they let me know. Oh, like, I'm sure. Bow, bow, bow. And I'm like, oh, it's feeding time. It's like smalls, smalls, smalls. And apparently it's delicious. I cannot confirm that, but that's the the, uh, the thing I'm getting from the message I'm getting. The news around that. the cat bowl. Yes. The water dish. Yes. And... It's great. It comes to your house frozen. And then, so they're eating like fresh food. It's so cute. And these poor things, they deserve a little fun. You know, they want out. Yeah. That's not happening. So at least give them something <laughs> delicious. And uh, Smalls gives back. They give to millions of cats around the world, which is delightful. Is your cat food giving back to cats in need? Smalls is. So if you want to give Smalls a try and ditch kibble forever. Head to smalls.com slash brain candy and use promo code brain candy at checkout for 50% off 
your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use our code brain candy for 50% off your first order. One last time, promo code brain candy for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. It's worth a try, right? Yeah. 50% off, super cheap. Oh, all my cat loving friends or cat yeah. owning friends have used this and uh, that deal. Hello. Right. So see they what you think. are like so excited about this. So, okay. Now we get to try Vegemite. Oh, for sure. I don't, I let's, let me, let me, first of all, for listeners, I feel like Susie has a newfound fascination with Australia, but maybe it's more, I think it's like a re like a research. What's happening is kind of like, you know how we get that itch to listen to old, like, uh, um, theme songs from cartoons we used to watch when we were little and there's we. like this nostalgia thing i mean we like our listeners yeah, no, for no, sure no. yeah and uh and i think for you maybe a big part of the nostalgia was the time spent in land down under for real and I, now I you're like it's like midlife crisis again. just say oh, i mean you know yeah for real i was thinking that too like ever oh, good. since so um, we have the same theory yeah yeah last stop larima it was probably the beginning of it yeah but I don't know. I feel like there's been other stuff and I'm just like, why is everything about Australia all of a sudden? Wow. Maybe it's a sign. I don't know. Yeah, you should go. Wait, I might take this out because this is like a non sequitur, but what? did I tell you about how when I went to the Jerry Seinfeld show yeah. that um, the night before I had a dream about it? No. Okay. I'll tell Ooh, you. I love this. Okay. Tell me. So the dream was that I had bought front row seats as I always do. Cause you know, if I'm going in, I'm going all the way. And I had a dream that I got to the show and gave them my tickets. I was going with my sister and they took us all the way down to the front. And then they were like, Oh wait, these are in the back. And they took us all the way to the back so I told Adam about this dream and then we get to the show and gave more tickets and they take us all the way down to the front. And oh. then they were like, oh wait, these are in the <gasps> back. No. Yes. No. Susie. Meister. Yeah. Butler. How weird is that? I can't figure it out. That's never happened to me in my whole life. And it wasn't just the the concept. It was everything looked the same. Dude. And our seats were where I dreamt. It was so weird. And because I had already told Adam about the dream, it could, he knew. I'm actually speechless. <laughs> anyway, the reason I'm even bringing it up now is because, like, this Australia thing, like, it keeps coming back, the Australia theme. So I'm, I'm like, Can you, now like, I'm inform me if there are any other dreams just, like. Yes, now I'm really paying attention to them. Last night I dreamt that I had a new baby. Anyway, so if I turn out to be pregnant, then you'll know I'm a prophet is what I'm saying. I'm breaking my own policy. I've always said the only dream I want to hear about is Martin Luther King Jr.'s. Like, I never (gasps) want to hear about... Adam's always like, I had the craziest dream. I'm like, please don't tell me. I'm into it if you could give me like the the connect the dots, like little parts. Yeah, if it comes true. Yeah, and especially like I think it's important to announce them if it's something like that where you're like, I dreamt I have a baby and then like, what if? Because then you're going to be like. I know. That would that Because it's much harder to convince people after the fact. Oh my (laughs) God, I dreamt this. Right. But you had Adam as evidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So we're in this Australia mode 
And so we're going to give Vegemite a try. And then I'm going to tell you about it because the New York Times did a piece about it because it's their 100th anniversary. anniversary. So happy wow. birthday, they got to be doing something right, doing it for 100 I years. I think so. I'm okay. not, I'm going to go very, what's wow. the word? Like minimal. Scarce. Yeah, minimal yeah. because. Okay. Wow. Susie's like spreading it on sale. Here's, here's the problem. <laughs> Susie told me to bring the Vegemite. Yes, to but gave me no further instructions. <laughs> and I as thought it the, was. What did you think you use a spoon? I kind of did. I mean, with every other thing that comes in a spread, uh, jelly done, jam done, <laughs> peanut butter done. Uh, that is a, a choking Nutella, hazard. Done. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. I'm definitely. I'm eating this with my finger. Oh, that is going to be way worse because. Okay, we're doing. Here's it. what I know about, but it. not with one of my long nails, because then it'll get stuck underneath the nail, and that'll be. I weird. know that this is going to be horrible. With my pinky. Do you think I should put more on, or do you think like this is it still enough? I think you need more. Okay. Just a little. It it's, should be like look like even just like a smidge more. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm genuinely nervous. I told Adam. That's good. That looks good. Yeah, that looks okay. more like a good Reasonable. butter to. And I'm using Cheers. wild grain bread, okay? Oh, it does look really good. Oh, good crunch. <laughs> what if I love it? I know. I think I might, but I haven't tried it yet because it's sitting on my finger. I yeah. love this. Okay. See, like, what's the problem? She did a good butter to toast ratio. <sighs> In our, uh, what I'm going to have to go out and get about? toast. Should I just try it? I'm going to try it plain. Okay. Sarah's going to try it plain. Okay. Just on her finger, which I think is a bold move. Is it okay? It's delicious. Do we love veggies? Oh my god, it's like umami flavor. Yeah. Oh, this is that would be really good on bread. I can see a bunch of things that this would go with. I feel a like a little crostini with some burrata and like what am I what's missing? wrong with this? It's almost like the, a balsamic kind of taste. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm a burrata with maybe some like basil and what I think a little bit of sea is. salt on that. I see, uh, and maybe some fat. We need like a prosciutto with that. They that was this the meat they mentioned in the article that people oh, have my. on a sandwich, guys. Right. She is a connoisseur. T- She's a foodie. Stick with your girl. She knows flavor profiles. Okay? I do know flavor profiles. I, maybe the I key can't cook is, for shit. But I no, feel I like maybe can. part of the problem is people think it's going to be like peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks like it looks like it's going to be Nutella. You have to go. You have to come out like expecting it's like an savory. appetizer. Yeah. This is savory. I like it. I do too. I see no. And I, and I didn't even have. I'm I'm no joke. On our break. Going out and getting you some should. bread. I'm making some toast and I'm eating this. This, this is, is a tasty. great snack. Now, tell me more about this. Okay. <laughs> You're like, Sue, stay focused. Because okay. like, should I be eating this? Yeah. Okay. okay. So here's the scoop. Let me stop chewing. Um, the scoop is also a nice pun. <laughs> Thank you. Unintended. Okay. Yeah. It's made from leftover yeast from local breweries and bakeries. Oh, there's one factory in Melbourne that, that makes all of it. There's only one spot and in it, they're very secretive. You know how these places are about right. what's in the darn thing, right. Right. but it's a, it requires a multi-week fermentation process. It involves salt, 
maybe onions and celery. Yeah, definitely. And is an excellent source of vitamins. Okay, I'm into it. Me too. It's healthy. And if you, what if you put like a chutney? I mean, <gasps> that would Stop be really nice. We're going to just experiment with Vegemite. I see, like, I go, and you know, we'll be, you'll be in, well, like when we were in Croatia, we would have like the continental breakfast and this would be in there with the Nutella and peanut butter. Really? And, oh. oh, yes. I always see this on- For the and, tourists. Yes. And I'm like, mm, I want right. to, but I don't know how to eat it. I think we learned a lot. I think from we did this. too. Yeah, it tastes like almost like it should be like a little crostini, like a like how you you were right about it. the um, balsamic. Yeah, and it said in the article that everybody has like a different preference. You know how like how you take your tea or whatever is always yeah. very personal. It's like that where like the ratio of they often eat it on toast, so they have butter and Vegemite, and so some people like a lot of butter and some people like a lot of Vegemite, but. For real, the reactions that, that people have about this stuff, I I, I really honestly, thought I was going to barf. Me too. And I, I haven't even seen those reactions, but just based <laughs> on what I think people yeah. are like when they eat it, what I think people might react or how I think people might react, I definitely went in skeptical. Yes. Which I think was helpful to us. I imagine it. Imagine how our listeners are going to enjoy I mean, it. Yeah, well... They're going to go okay. into positive thoughts. Oh, well, maybe that's a mistake. Oh. You should keep a low bar like we did. But then it's, it's nice. good. Yeah. Whenever they... The factory, when they test every batch and they test it for... And this kind of scared me. Firmness, squeezability, and a flavor that hits precisely the right notes of saltiness and bitterness. I think they're missing out on the word umami in that. <laughs> They need to rebrand. They really do because this is like, and hang on a sec. Yeah. Australia, <laughs> not so far away geographically from Japan and a lot of like, that's yeah. kind of above, you know, I could imagine that some of those flavors found sure. their way to yeah, Australia. Yeah, and they love beer. And, so there's like all that yeast huh. hanging out. And listen to this quote, though, because this is why I thought I am not going to like it. Um, somebody said, Vegemite is like skateboarding. You, <laughs> you have to have done it as a child. It's too painful to learn as an adult. I disagree. Yeah. I beg about to differ. About skateboarding and... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I agree about skateboarding. Yeah. Don't I try agree that about shit. that, too. Yeah. Anyway, it started in 1923 as a competitor to Marmite, which is the British yeast spread, which I also haven't had. I feel like that it'd be one tastes, or not taste. You've had that, that one? one? No, no, I didn't mean to say taste. I meant to say sounds like it would taste worse. Yeah. Marmite sounds that? like what I went to the doctor for with like dust mites. <laughs> what were those? Oh, oh I thought you were going to say like a yeast infection. Yeah. <laughs> Marmites. Right. Why are they called? At least Vegemite sounds like, well, this is healthy. Right. What's a Marmite? Tell me that. We've not changed the branding for a long time. Who, Marmite? No, oh, Vegemite. Vegemite. I think they're onto something, though, with that because um, Margot Robbie said that, that when you hear Vegemite being spread on a piece of toast, that that is the sound of her childhood. I think <sighs> it's very much a kid. Like mac and cheese for it, like craft mac and cheese. 
Well, yeah. I mean, you're like in the way, like peanut butter jelly sandwiches, kind of like you were saying, like yeah. peanut butter in my mind, like, yeah, just give kids some quick energy, make them a yeah. peanut butter sandwich. Maybe this is like Australian, like, British version of that. I am afraid of your answer because I know it won't be what I'm expecting. Oh, but okay. Can't wait. What, when is the last time you had a PB&J? It'll so, be so. like yesterday. When? Right. <laughs> the me. last time, it'll def, it was definitely the last time. I had like a loaf of white bread at my house. I would say within the last two years. Oh, I thought you meant like two days. No, no, no. Because I don't often have, I won't make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich unless I have the right kind of bread. White, like just like classic white. Yeah. Or like whole wheat. The one that if you press it, it's real squishy. Like you can squish it. Okay. You know, not mm-hmm. crispy bread. That's I'm just saying that if somebody just handed me a really nice PB&J, I would be excited. So I'm, yeah, I'm sure same. that Vegemite is probably like that for And Australian I would say people. probably maybe like during a camp, like for a camping trip or a hiking trip, like PB&Js are a way to go because you don't need to res- refrigerate them. Yeah. And they are, they do the job. It provides everything Always. you need like on a hike. Yeah. And I don't like cold cuts, which you do have to refrigerate. And hot mayonnaise, blech. So... <laughs> saying good reason i'll tell you what is also delicious and nutritious and that is ag1 absolutely well this is how i get all of those nutrients and like basically create like a nice foundation for me to build a healthy lifestyle on top of because it so often starts with nutrition Susie, i'm saying this as somebody who is on it then off of it then back on it again yeah, right. You know? That's all right. I like that about you. We talked about that. And horse. yeah, and I notice a big difference, especially with my skin. Yeah. My, I called my sister the other day and she, I said, what are you doing? And she was like, just drinking my AG1. I was like, mm-hmm. thank you for supporting the Great Kitty Podcast. But Love also it. thank you for supporting yourself because right. it's a great routine to get into if you want to have, uh, for me, it's always about like, digestion. Everyone knows I'm a literal oh, type. Gut ass. health. Yeah. And so, ah. yeah. Or as Sarah says, gut health. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's always something I'm going to deal with. And so anything that can help that, I'm all in. Um, okay. You put it in your drink, drink it, mm-hmm. you'll feel better. A- mm-hmm. Well, that's my promise, not theirs. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. AG1 is a supplement we trust to provide the support our body needs daily. And that's why they've been our partner for so long. If you take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2, which I take every day around yes. these parts, cloud coverage, and five free... AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash brain candy. That's drinkag1.com slash brain candy. Check it out. Okay. Um, glad we liked Vegemite. I love that we were so surprised. That yeah. I genuinely thought there was like a one percent chance. I, I like was it. I was like I I thought there was a hundred percent chance I was not gonna like it. Yeah. And I I was like, oh, maybe I'll have to do a do-over and go out and get some bread and then maybe, but I liked it. I wonder why it hasn't caught on though, because if we like it, why is no one else? That's what's weird. Give us another try. It would Vegemite. take me a year to get through this. Maybe more. A whole you lifetime. You think so? <laughs> like Nutella? You, that, that shit don't stand a month in my house. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not tempting like Nutella. And I'm going to come up with different creative ways. This I could, I think, you know who I think is actually really going to like this is Eli. 
I think so too. Yeah. And And he'll come up with some creative way to use it too. Well, I was just going to say in the article, Hedy McKinnon, I think her name is, she's a food person for New York Times. She said, if you have pasta and you put in butter, miso paste, and Vegemite, yum, delicious. And I think that sounds pretty great. Okay. Like nice and hot, maybe even some parm on there. Yeah. That sounds like a winner to me. Nice and full. Okay, look at us. We're converted. This is hashtag not nat. It's going to be like like on Friends whenever Monica had to work with Mocklet. Like Eli's going to be cooking up recipes to try to make Vegemite palatable to was the that masses. Like m- mock chocolate? Yeah. That's so great. That's yeah, so and it was great. like, is it burning? Like, you know, yeah, it was definitely know. not safe. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we did that. Thanks for indulging me. Um, okay. Next up, this cracked me up. New York Times also. This was an article about how, you know how Japan is more of a collectivist society and yes. we're individualist. So typically they are conforming to societal pressure. Yeah. But like, you know how it is. The United States keeps like ruining the world. And so yeah. they're becoming more individualistic. And one of the the symptoms of that is creative baby names. Oh, God. <laughs> So (sighs) it's talking about how Japanese people have started naming their babies like stuff that (laughs) doesn't work with their language and the characters that they use in the Japanese Uh and Chinese traditions. And so the government has fucking had it. Oh my God. Like what? Okay. So they have a name They're for They're going to be like, you can choose between one of these a hundred names for your kid. That's the future of this. Basically. <laughs> there's more options than that, but it is, they're oh raining God, They really in. did give them a list? Y- yes. Oh my God. I was making a joke. <laughs> yes. Okay. They had it. Okay. All right. So in Japan, these unique names are called Kirakira and they mean shiny or glittery. So if you have a Kirakira name... It means your parents were, you know, the type. And (laughs) that they want to, you know, have their kids stand out in the country. But like, if you have a Kira Kira name, sometimes people are like, oh, your parents are socially inept and unintelligent, which I think we all know names like this in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. I definitely do. Right. Yeah. So, which I'm not saying it's right to judge people like that, but there is names have, they, they, they point to things like status and yes. um, Yes. You know, class. Totally. As someone with the name Susie Meister, I'm more than familiar. Anyway. Okay. So at the root of the issue is an unusual feature of the Japanese language most traditional names have characters known as kanji, whose yeah. meanings represent what parents hope their child will grow up to become. So there'll be a name like Hikari, which is a girl's name, and it's written with the character that means light. Okay. And each character parents can choose from is about 2,999 under the law now. And this is what the loophole was. The loophole was, okay, so they have about 3,000 options. Yeah. But like, you know how 
sometimes a word will be one thing, but then like technically you could pronounce it a new way and it'll make like a new word. Yeah. And so all these parents were doing that. Oh. And so like your name would look like Bob on paper and they'd be like, Bob. And they'd be oh, like, oh no, my, no, it's pronounced my name's like Big boob. Tree. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then these poor kids are like really upset about it and they keep changing their names to normal stuff because they can't live like this anymore. I feel like there has got to be an American version of this. I think that we've taken it to extreme and maybe it's a little bit of like the kids response to being uh, like parents who put them on their social media and everything. And kids are like, no, fuck that. I hate all of it. And they go off the grid for the next 10 years. Yeah. You know, it kind of feels like a w- kids are rebelling in a different way. The pendulum always swings like, well, that's the thing, you know, at first when I saw the, the article, I thought, Oh yeah. Crack down on these lo- <laughs> loons. Like, Typically, I'm against, to, you know, government overreach, but <laughs> when it comes to stupid baby names, I'm like, okay, but maybe in this case. Um, but then once I read it, I don't know. It felt like I could see both sides of it. I didn't think that this was a real thing, but then ESPN keeps doing posts about it where uh, they will post the, it's usually college football. Like the names of, look at these college football players. And the names of these guys sound like, uh, I mean, it's the same kind of parents you imagine. Is it, but is it white people? Uh, No, uh, it's a mix. It's all a mix. mix. Everybody. It's more of a generational thing than like a race thing. Yes. It's definitely a generational thing. 100%. It's like the, the white guys are like like tomahawk something and you're like oh for fuck's sake insufferable right yeah those parents you could just imagine right and okay so then what do you think about the government having any kind of regulation on what you can name i mean you shouldn't be able to do that yeah like people should be able to do whatever the heck they want whatever the heck you want i think that Kids should have the ability to, like, if we could recognize that it's been detrimental to the child. Like, I, I don't even know if this is real. It just came up my Instagram feed like things do. And, and I just skip right over it because I'm like, I don't even know about this. There's no way this is real. But uh, it said uh, uh, parents name their two ch- – they have two children and they name one winner and one loser in the ultimate, like, study of – no. How names affect children or affect your your upbringing oh or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, I, I really hope that's not true. That is bonky. Like, that kind of shit. Like, I think that somebody should step in and go, this is not okay for parents right, Like, to. it's harmful. It feels like it's a, some form of abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like okay, psychological well, that's what I'm in a like, way. Is there a limit where we will be like, you know what? There is a limit actually. Remember yeah. how we went through that? The list. Yes. Of, there's rules in every state about like names. You're not allowed to name your kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. I forget what they do. Like, like first room or something and, weird. Like, <laughs> they were all different in every beep, state. Beep, boop, beep, boop, like robot noises. You can't name yeah. a kid that. And yet Elon Musk. Oh I don't even know God, that guy, that guy. 
That guy. When right before we started um, recording, Sarah got a delivery. Do you want to talk about what you got in your delivery that you opened and then applied? Oh, I sure do. I got a whole Thrive delivery because of their new lipsticks. Oh my god! What is the name of it? Um, impactful. Their long-lasting Semi-permanent lipstick. Yes, smoothing lipstick. Smoothing. Is that mm-hmm. not exactly what I said as soon as yeah. I put it on? I yeah, was like, go, oh my gosh, smooth. so smooth. <laughs> that, and I didn't even know that's what it was called. And of yep. course, I had to get a refill of my favorite mascara in the whole entire world. I'll never use anything different ever, ever. Lengthener, volumizing, liquid lash extension mascara, mm-hmm. the best. It's the yeah. best. The lipstick she has on is fade free for up to eight hours without bleeding, drying, or settling into fine cra- fine lines. I mean, how great is that? The other stuff is so drying. Like the stuff right. out there that's like, oh, what's the gonna mat- last? Yeah. Oh, no. Not mm-hmm. smooth. No, 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 no good. And yeah. I love that their company gives back to communities and supports causes that we are passionate about. Give the gift of Thrive Cosmetics. Great stocking stuffer. Uh, Luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash brain candy. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash brain candy for 20% off your first order. Yes. All right. Yeah. I guess there's always going to be some limitations on what you can name your kid, but Japan is... That's a good idea. Got a heavy hand. Well, usually, I guess people were more, you know, I I don't know if there was, I don't know. Do you think in like the Dep- Great Depression, people were really naming their kids wild, weird names? No. No, I don't either. I think it's a, yeah. So I think this is like a. I think it has to do with social media too, though, and digital being culture. different and mm-hmm. wanting to be, get attention. Yeah. And, and thinking like they should be searchable online. What? You think I that's do. it? Yeah. I think that is part of it. Holy that, crap. I didn't even consider that. Cause I had that a friend a growing up. <clears throat> I had a friend named Matt Jones and I had a friend named Bob Smith and I would oh, love to know on. where they're, what's going on with them. And I'm Good never going to find out. Never. <laughs> Stuff like that. I think parents think like, you know, you want to yeah. be different and, you know, searchable. Yeah. Memorable. What about that hooker reality winner? That's what I, Susie, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying the American, like how we do it over here or like, you know, the kind that is <laughs> you know, the fucking exact name. I, I mean, that's was unbelievable. Is her last name winner? So that's what I think a lot of in the same way. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I feel like that was the parents matching the first and last name. Like, I think that. A lot of these, at least the football players that I've seen, it seems like the parents are trying to match them that last name. Yes. Be cute. Like if my mom named me Burger. Exactly. Right. It ain't cute. Mm -mm. Right. Like one guy was named uh, uh, Tony Tony and they were spelled two different ways. And the comment underneath was, if his middle name isn't Tony, (laughs) I'm going to lose my shit. Right. Right. I was like, that is the fucking best comment. What would you... Okay, so yours would be like white or jasmine. Please. Oh Oh, my God. That's what it would be. Oh my fucking God. Oh my God. Susie, how have I literally never thought of this before? This is crazy. How have we never... 
I've been called everything. I've been yes. like minute rice, brown rice, <laughs> fried rice, steamed rice when I'm upset. Wild rice when I'm getting a little crazy. So oh, I've crazy. never, ever had somebody think about like, oh, Stop. what if you named your kid Jasmine? How? how? I don't know. Good job. That's Adrian. crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You Next time you talk to Sally, please yeah. say, did you ever even consider, consider naming me weird. Jasmine? Yeah. Well, she did consider uh, hyphenating her name because her maiden name is Brown. No. No. Yep. Now we all know and Sarah's like internet question answer, number one. And number two, <laughs> the- that is... <laughs> Oh my god, I shouldn't say that. No, it's fine. It's That's fine. really funny. Um oh also god. there was oh, she goes by in uh, uh Latin American countries and in Italy by Sarah because Sale is salt. So oh my salted god. rice. Salted brown rice. Right. So she doesn't say that. This is Sale rice. <laughs> They're like that's not your name. Oh my god! So she goes by Sarah because it just is easier for people to understand. This is great. Wow. Okay. Good time. So in a way, yeah. My mom is that person. <laughs> no, no, she would be if she named you Jasmine. Right. That is so funny. I mean, missed opportunity. Okay. Um, all right. I watched. Oh, my brother can't marry anybody named Jasmine. Ask them if they've ever dated. And, and okay. Yeah. This is because. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch on Max? Love has won. No. M- Mother God. Oh, I, I saved this. Somebody tagged yeah. us in this. One of our listeners. And I saved this because they're like, you have to watch this. Yeah. And I don't know what I've been doing. I Well, yeah, I do. I've been snowboarding uh-huh. in the mountains. So I have not watched any documentaries <laughs> lately. Oh, it's so bad. <gasps> like what kind of bad? Tell me everything. Well, it's a cult. So okay. it's a good old fashioned yeah. cult scenario. But like... Basically, if I had to say summarize it, it's that they, this woman in particular, is veiling her addiction to alcohol oh. as spirituality, which How? sounds impossible. I know. Yeah, that's a tip of the hat. I mean, really, <laughs> well you know done. How, like, <laughs> you know how typically cult people just seem like weird, yeah. like really spiritual weirdness yeah but this is more like party people like they are they are the kind of people that like you went to high school with and then like never they never really amounted to much got it but they are having a great time it's like that if they included like a ton of religious mumbo jumbo or like spiritual mumbo jumbo about like you know we they just pepper in all these words that don't mean anything yeah. About like your essence, your so they w- okay. I see you're you're feeling 
not alone in whatever you're engaging in and you're doing it under the umbrella or, or like acting in the name of celebration for something higher power or whatever. So it's like excusing the behavior. Yeah. But the real thing that you can't figure out even by the end, well, part of why you should watch it is because this is the only time I think where I've seen a scenario where the people talking on camera still believe, even oh. though spoiler alert, mother God, the head is dead and she's dead, even though like she was supposed to ascend and nothing like that happened. Uh-huh. And they're still devout and believe that she was mother God and that this is all real. And this isn't really spoiling much. I shouldn't say spoiler because right. the opening scene, you see mother God dead as a mummified corpse on a bed because the police's um, vest camera footage. Oh, God. There she is with Christmas lights wrapped around her. What? Mummified. What? Yeah. So you already know she's going to die. And she was only like 45. It's not like oh, this is some okay. old lady like in that, Moana or something. To think that I could be a cult, like leading a cult. Five years from now. Sarah, you really could. We should work on it. (laughs) Sarah, we're like one step away. I know. All of our listeners are like, we're in. (laughs) Well, just like organize. (laughs) They're mad that you haven't yet. Yeah. They're like, get a bunker. Come on. You have those sweatshirts. (laughs) Yeah, we have our uniform. We totally do. We already have a logo. The woman that started this cult. I'm sure she didn't like sort of set out to start a cult, but that's like what do. happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she worked at McDonald's and she was like moving up in the ranks because clearly she's really smart. She's so pretty, um, had a family and children. What? Yeah. And then okay. was like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to go. So this mine. is like, yeah. this is mental illness. No doubt about it. Yeah, because this seems like schizoaffective disorder, something like this is I something. love it. This is what I want all the time. I always want you to just tell me the name of whatever <laughs> I'm watching because it's something for sure. Yeah, or histrionic personality disorder. But the fact that she has like the God complex, oh, yeah, she that is. throws a little bit of like the schizophrenia kind of weird stuff into there because there's usually like a... Or, but a lot of those mental illness have like delusions of grandeur in a way. Yeah. That's the thing where I'm always like, I don't know which one this is, but it's something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what she could have used is instead of all that to listen to some dipsy stories. Now. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just need something to take the edge Blow off. Blow off some steam. Yeah. Just chill out a bit. Yeah. Cause you are clearly worked up. And instead yeah. of all that, you could have just chilled out with your doobies or whatever. Yeah. To oh. some really nice stories that will make you wound up. And how do, how do they know exactly what I want to listen to? <laughs> they're getting some, like, uh, the, 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 the data, the, like, algorithm. the algorithm is working mm-hmm. for your girl. <laughs> and yeah, let it work I mean, for you too. Yes, because you take a quiz, so you they get a sense of what you're into, and then they suggest stories. So it might be sleep stories or 
you know, horny stories. Yes. Oh, so she went I know. there. I'm getting really explicit over here. Yeah. <laughs> or wellness stories that you can uh, enjoy with your partner, without your partner, whatever you want to do. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash brain candy. That's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash brain candy, dipsystories.com slash brain candy. What if I called my sister next time and she was like, I'm just listening to Dipsy stories? <laughs> yeah. You may call me and I would answer that. <laughs> just listening. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, it's essential viewing because... It's a real fascinating look into people who, like every cult, had needs that were met in some way uh-huh. by somebody who is not well uh-huh. and who sort of exploited their vulnerabilities to cope with her own. Because clearly yeah. she's, you know, messed up, but she almost leverages her situation to then control these other people. It's and- like char- charisma. Yeah. And some like narcissism and having a little bit of like social yeah, I guess that's charisma. Mm-hmm. Like you it's amazing. And and pretty privilege. Oh, and all the women in this cult are beautiful. Yeah. And that you're would... just like, wow, they are hot stuff, man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. And it's almost like then, of course, then the men want to join. Right. Right? If you have hot chicks living in a house together. But the alcohol is really the wow the issue. I've never I heard of wait. a cult where it's like... Me neither. Usually it goes the yeah. other direction because it's about restriction and control. And with that, you get impulsivity and you get people who are going to... Like that, that means the control and the, that had to be real high. Or there was a lot of like things that they were doing to probably, I don't know, like insulate and, and keep them like away from. I'm sorry to laugh. I just remembered one of the weirdest parts, which mm-hmm. is really saying something since there was a mummy already, <laughs> but um, there, they have like the mother God had said that a lot of like dead celebrities work through her and living ones, but mostly dead ones. And the main one, I want to see if there's no way you could guess, but it would be okay. fun to hear this. So it's an okay. unlikely celebrity who died. Um, who died. That is a man who she says, like, works through her. Okay. Now, is he, I'm going to, we're going to play like a 20 questions version here. Is he in uh, music or TV? <laughs> or is it? He was in TV. And is movies. it Steve Irwin? <laughs> sheet he was one of them i, I don't know i got the, he i was, was like one of them maybe it's the australia thing i was already <laughs> thinking about making a steve Irwin joke i, I mean because there was like a collage of like a lot of them and steve Irwin was uh, on he it instantly in my head popped up and oh was my like god i think that one wow okay well you got that right because he is one of them the main one however was <laughs> robin williams oh Okay, I understand this because then you get to be cuckoo crazy and weird and you're just doing a Robin Williams impression. Like, this is... I'm not drunk, I'm Robin Williams on coke. Yeah, this is... And you're almost like taking their personalities in those moments because you're 
you don't have what an identity of your own. So you're, you're latching on. You're so good. You got to watch this because you basically get it. The whole thing. You got it. Cause they even said that like whenever these celebrities would come through, it would get really weird. But she was just like saying That's like that. a version of disassociating. This is genius. I mean, she's a genius. RIP because she really missed out. She could have been a lot more than Well, that's leader. how a lot of the... That's how it is. I yeah, think that is true. that is what creates this scenario is the... Is the... the I don't know, intellect and the... the uh, oh my God. Uh, Right. That's this. The, because if you don't have that, potential. you're homeless on the street and you're yelling at a trash can. Yeah. Or whatever. Yes. That is really insightful because I do think there is something to that where these folks, for, you know, maybe their circumstances or, or even their mental illness, haven't realized their full potential in certain areas, whether it's, you know, entertainment or business or whatever. Right. And so then they find a way to kind of leverage the lunacy yeah, and then control people and realize their potential in a way. Yeah. But she's dead. So that didn't work out. It was riveting. It really was. Oh gosh, I can't wait. And it's also another example of how cults are moving digital. Like all, a lot of their revenue came from like YouTube people that were like watching their videos and then supporting them that way. Jeez. Okay. Um, let's see. One last thing, and then we we do have a guest. I read. Ooh. I'll tell you who it is. It's Al- Alyssa Ages. She has a book called "Secrets of Giants: A Journey to Uncover the True Meaning of Strength." She is um in the strongman competitions. Damn. Yeah. She's so cool. I really liked Hell her. Hell yeah. So inspiring. So anyway, she's coming up later. But um, let me share uh, okay let's just stick with the australia thing yeah i did watch on netflix they had a documentary about an amusement park in sydney called luna park mm-hmm. and in the late 70s there was a fire in one of the rides like inside you know yeah. where you get kind of like um what's the one at disneyland where it always shuts down and you told me not to worry it's like haunted how haunted, oh, haunted mansion. mansion. Oh my yeah. god, that shuts down every single. Did I really say that? Because that's good yeah, because it stopped, and I was starting to get worried. Like I need to find an exit. Oh no, every single and time. And you were like, no, they have to let like disabled people on, and sometimes right. it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was like that where you get on the cart and then you go inside a dark got it area, and there was a fire inside, and so all these people are going in to this thing, not oh. knowing that they're entering an inferno. Oh, that's uh, it, terrifying. It gave me literal nightmares because <sighs> the, just the survivors, their, yeah. their stories were so harrowing. And the one, I cannot, this family was at the park. It was a mom and dad and two little boys. Yeah. And they were ready to go home. And the kids, of course, wanted one more ride. Mm-hmm. And so the mom was like, uh, I want to go get some ice cream. I'll meet you at the ride. And so when she got back to the ride, she couldn't figure out like why they didn't wait for her because she was going to go on the ride, yeah. but they didn't. And they went in there and perished and she's sitting there with her ice cream 
watching them be incinerated. And her testimony of it was like, got into my bones. Because can you imagine? They're like strapped into the things. Yeah. And like, and they're babies. And you, you know, that feeling where you're like, is this supposed (sighs) to be happening? Like where there's a question of like, is this part of the ride? I wasn't so crazy about backdraft at Universal Studios. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Oh my God, I'm re-traumatizing like, you. Do you see? Yes. And like, how would you know? How would if you that know thing caught if on one fire? thing went wrong in that? Bad idea. You know what? Don't you- use somebody's terror, worst nightmares for profit. Sarah, for real, how would the workers know no, or, or the writers know on that thing if it were genuinely on fire? Okay. I see your point. I'm Thank mad you. about it now too. Thank you. But anyway, it was it was really good. But the Jeez, the reason scary. that they made the documentary was because it turned. They blamed it on like um, sort of like an accident or like yeah. w- wiring or whatever. But after an investigation that this documentarian did, they found out it was just like you know intentional negligence. No, no, no intentional arson. Oh, <gasps> yeah. And it was like, you know, um, crime mobster guys, like crime guys, because they wanted the property. They wanted the... It's, oh my God. Can you imagine as a mother, then you find out it wasn't an accident. It was... For, just for some just greedy for motherfucker. Yeah. Oh and my God. I'd be sick. I'm sick. I had one of those moments too, oh. like now that I'm, you know, an, or- an oracle, um, that <laughs> I'm watching this film and I'm getting so into it and they kept showing this, um, the park's entryway, which a a famous artist in Australia had designed a lot of stuff in the park. And the entryway is this weird, like clown face. And like, you go in the mouth. Oh, it's like iconic. Yes. Very. I I know this. And then I remembered that I did an entire photo shoot in, in front of this clown face when for my show you know how you do like promo pictures yes Susie I think there was something inside remember when Beth Stelling told us that she had a personal story with where Johnny Bananas was her and I was like sorry guys I'm the main character of this episode (laughs) right now you are so clearly the main character of this episode but like not on purpose that never happens yeah yeah Yes. Come on, right? Because this is all a simulation and this is your level? That's what it felt like where I was like, <gasps> I, it took my breath away. I gasped when I, when it came to <gasps> me. I know why that looks familiar. You would think I would know. I mean, it was in Sydney. No, Come on. I, 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 but I could, oh my God, I know of this. Dude. Where did you do your pictures in Brooklyn? Was it like iconic places or something? Uh, kind of more like. <laughs> Uh, uh, in fr- I mean, they are like going cheesy with it. It's like in front of a closed bodega with graffiti on the wall. Oh, okay. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. That's what mine was. I was walking in front of that. Okay. Yeah. And what about, do you remember the group shot? <sighs> yeah. We were kind of hanging off of the fire escape of, of the your building. House. Yeah. How funny. Yeah. I love to know who came up with this stuff. Right. Yeah. Ours was like in front of that clown face. And of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now I get, well, I don't know. Maybe I, I could have done with the opera house. I know. I was thinking that too, but that seemed like you're like amusement park, like 
It's the real yeah, world. It's fun. Town. Or, or, yeah. or not, you know, road rules. Yeah. I mean, plus that is a really cool for, for, I'm just going to hold this picture up. Look at that. I mean, it is so It's colorful. very cool. Yeah. And very fucking creepy. Like if you were like, which amusement park had the murder? I'd be like, definitely <laughs> that one. And the artist that designed that, he's the reason they were able to solve it because he had recorded all these tapes of interviews because he was determined to find out what happened. He was so upset that these children died. Well, we love him for that. Yeah. And he's gone now. He's deceased, but like oh his Oh my God, work, the story is I killing. <laughs> I, like it's really, I, I feel affected by it. It was, it was awful. And you just watch it and you think, how do people survive some of the circumstances of life on this earth? You know, whether it's a, an amusement park And we lost Steve Irwin. I mean... Uh, we can't take much more. I really, I can't. Luckily, I have this comfort food in the form of a Vegemite, a Vegemite sandwich. That's right. I, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm That's looking great. forward to ending this so that I can run over to the grocery store, get some toast, and chow down. I want I think more. I, you know, I get that it's unusual flavor, but if you're not expecting sweetness, it's not offensive. No. But I'll tell you what else is not offensive, and that is how I smell because I use Lumi deodorant. Uh, Eli is now converted to Lumi deodorant. He What's is into the Alpine. I think it's called Alpine something. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's not called Alpine something. It's Alpine. You know. Wait, There's I probably know. Word. Yeah, what is it listed? Alpine. Well, it is delicious, and it is oh, a. No. All right, it's delicious. It's, yes, it's an amazing <laughs> scent. It smells so good. It smells like Christmas trees and one. Like, he's like a lumberjack, so it's perfect. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes, he's wearing that black and red flannel shirt today. Yeah, he looks like Yukon Cornelius, kind of from um, yes, Rudolph. Sure. Come on, you don't. Urson, was it Fra? No, it's Rudolph. Yukon yeah. Cornelius. Yes, yes, yes. I yeah, do yeah, with the mustache and all that. Any yeah. noodles? Um, this would make a great stocking stuffer. Absolutely. Put this, some D.O. for the B.O. I've, haven't you, don't you, like, that's always what I put in my brother's stockings is some deodorant. Yeah, so. some essentials. Yes, yes. And the wipes, that's perfect. I mean, we were, when I'm out skiing, like, you get so freaking sweaty, and I need something, and now they have the new ones that are the perspiration and odor control. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. They... You can put it anywhere on your body. So anything yes. that stinks, you can put this stuff on. So they have the cream and the wipes and then the traditional stick, belly button, vulva, whatever. Yeah. Get two if you're going to use it for your bum butt crack. Though. Well, for sure. Yeah. That's why you gonna, need the starter gonna, pack. Yeah, exactly. And the cream mm-hmm. is what you're going to use in there. Yeah, get two. Like, let's not be let's not be crazy here. Right. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get five dollars off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code and link. And for a limited time, returning customers can get five dollars off their next purchase of thirty dollars or more too. Use code BrainCandy five at LumiDeodorant.com. L U M E D E O D O R A N T dot com. Thank you, Lumi, for making this holiday season smell a whole lot better. That's and great. now. Let me introduce my new pal, Alyssa Aegis, who is just a badass. And her book is so important, I think, because her message is that bodybuilding or strength training mm-hmm. or whatever, working out in the way that requires like like what she Intensity. does is not just for men. Oh, for sure. 
And that anybody that tells you to not take up too much space, Ugh. you should wonder why. You yeah, wonder not only why. is it not for men, but it's fucking necessary for women if you want to keep your bones strong. She said that, you know, we're, she and I, we're not getting any younger. And it's, no. it becomes a, a question of what do you want your future to look like? What do you oh, want to God. feel like? Because yeah. some things are unavoidable, right? namely death. Right. And so as you get older, your body changes. And so yeah. you can kind of prevent a lot of the deterioration if you're yeah. proactive. Yes, you and that's have what to be proactive. Doing. Oh God, it's so hard. But and she so describes important. in her book, which I would really recommend, the experience she had ex- with a mis- miscarriage and how lifting and strength training helps heal her body and her mind and her soul. And that. gosh, if that's not relatable, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So check out her book. Um, it's wonderful. Secrets of Giants by Alyssa Ages. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Brain Candy. I'm so excited to have you. I love your book. Let's pull, pull it up here. A Journey to Uncover the True Meaning of, of Strength, Secrets of Giants. What a great... First of all, do you love this cover or what? I love that cover and my daughters love the cover because they go, oh, it's mommy. Mommy's lifting a planet. Yeah, man. I keep looking at it being like, that's you. How cool is that? <laughs> anyway, cool. it was so great. Thank and you. Our listeners know that within the last year, I've become a weirdo and totally obsessed with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm in the pump club. And um, I think that his uh, documentary got me all wound up. And so this fits right into my interest. So if you'll indulge me, I have a lot of questions for you. Oh, I will. Absolutely. (laughs) And I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Arnold also. I'm going to the Arnold competition. Do you recommend it? Yes. Yes. It's really cool. I mean, it's 20,000 people who love strength in one place for three days, 80 different strength sports. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. It seems like it. And it's, it's in Ohio, right? Yep. Columbus. Yeah, So I gotta get right on over there, but maybe I'll see you there. Yes. Okay. First <laughs> of all, will you explain maybe that I'm just out of the loop, but what would you say is the difference between the various sorts of strength stuff, like strongman versus CrossFit, blah, blah, blah. What's the deal? Okay. So yeah. let's, if we start with CrossFit, Assume which is the one I think people... an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> if we start with CrossFit, which I think is the one that most people know, yeah. um, CrossFit, their whole deal is constantly varied movements. So it combines cardio, mobility, and strength. Um, so you might be starting out your workout workout with a little bit of mobility, and then you might be focusing on just doing some strength stuff. So just a basic barbell lift and working towards, you know, anywhere from a one rep maximum to like a three or four rep maximum. And then you do the WOD, which is the workout of the day. And that combines cardio and strength. And that can be as short as like eight minutes, but it's hard. Like you're really going all out. Okay. So that's CrossFit. Then um, Olympic weightlifting, or what some people just refer to as weightlifting, is the snatch and the clean and jerk. It's just that. Those are the only movements. Huh. Yeah. And then powerlifting is only three movements, squat, bench, and deadlift. And then strongman is like the weird misfit (laughs) of all of of that because there's no real set anything. I mean, it's basically, I kind of describe it to people as picking up really heavy, really odd objects, and then either throwing them, pressing them overhead, 
putting them back down or carrying them for as far or as long as possible. And it, I'm sure most people have seen them. I mean, on YouTube or on ESPN, like all over the years, they're so fun to watch. So fun. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And people typically associate those, especially that I think with the fellas. And yeah. so I love that your book is sort of being like, Hey, we gals can have some fun too and be strong and amazing. And I think it's such an important point of view that is probably under shared. So I was really glad that you wrote your book. And I felt like when I was reading it for me, the, the through line was the like connection. Cause you began talking about connecting to your body and ex- after experiencing miscarriage and how the using your body helped you heal. Yeah. And then there was like the connection of, I don't know, just like the history of the way humans move. And so you're connecting with like humans past and then the connection of the community in the competitions and at the gym. I don't know. It just felt like this was a lot about kind of like the fundamental human experience. That is exactly it. Yeah. I think, you know, we are, I think we're wired to move heavy things, right? That is how our bodies want to move in the same way as, you know, we were born to run. I think we were also born to lift things. Um, And part of what I discovered both through just my own journey in lifting and through the research for this book is that it really connects to everything that is awesome about being human, right? And scary too. And scary. (laughs) (laughs) It helps us feel, you know, more empowered. It helps us um, learn to face failure and to get over our fears. It helps us recover from trauma, as you mentioned. It's, It's kind of incredible the number of different things that picking up what ultimately is just a heavy object or an iron bar with some plates on it um, can do for us. And whenever you began and it was helping you heal emotionally and, and physically from what you'd been through, did you expect that to happen or was this just sort of like, I don't know, a thing to do? Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I kind of expected running to fix everything because right, right, right. running had always fixed everything. And when, so when I went through that miscarriage, I was training for a competition um, at the time and I went and kind of just dove back into running. And I would find that when I would go out on these runs, I would cry. I would have this catharsis. But when I came home, I was kind of in the same place that I was when I left the house. Um, but I would also go back to the gym because that's what I had been doing before. And I found that when I left those sessions in the gym, I was walking a little bit taller. I had my shoulders pulled back. Mm. I held my head a little bit higher. I started to feel like my body, which, you know, going into that time had felt like I could tell it to do anything I wanted it to do. If I wanted it to grow muscles or pick up this big heavy, right. do it. Then I went through that miscarriage and I thought, well, okay, I don't get it. You know, I told my body to do this thing and it, it didn't do it. So I felt really vulnerable. I felt really broken and weak and going back to the gym helped me get back to the place that I was before. It helped Mm -hmm. me start to rebuild that trust in my body. Um, One of, I think the most incredible takeaways that I learned from researching this book, because I didn't know it at the time. So, you know, I knew that lifting was healing me in some way, 
But when I started to research this book, I spoke to a couple of people who practice um, what's called trauma-informed weightlifting. So they're working with trauma survivors to help them heal through lifting. And for me, what I learned was that, let's say I went in to go do a big deadlift, right? And I would put on my weight belt. And in order to keep my back um, safe as I lift, I have to brace my core muscles. And you brace your core muscles, you're pushing them against this weight belt. So I'm literally feeling this part of my body that had been so scary to me. Um, if I'm going to lift up that barbell, I had to believe in that moment that that part of my body that was the site of so much weakness and sadness could also be a place of strength. Otherwise, I wouldn't trust myself enough to move the bar. And that was, for me, one of the biggest takeaways I got from doing this research. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Because there is a betrayal feeling, I think, that people have, whether it's over a miscarriage or, or illness or whatever, where you feel like let down by your own body yeah. in some way. And yeah. so that's cool that you you felt empowered and kind of in control again. Somewhere. Yeah. I think I also learned that there's really no yeah. level of control we get. Right. right. And it's okay. In lifting and in life. Yeah. Because that was part of what I related to in your book was all just those, the self-doubt that can happen, you know, especially like when all eyes are on you or when pressure is on you and the, then the feeling of how gratifying it can be when you overcome that. Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's not necessarily about this big feat that you accomplished, but did you accomplish getting over that fear of what it might be like to fail? Because lifting, unlike a lot of other sports that I've done, is really this kind of game of failure, right? You're pushing up against your limits. Yeah. Instantly. You will fail a million more times than you will succeed in lifting weights. That's just how it goes. And as somebody who went into this fearing failure, that was a really weird, tough thing for me to accept. And I'm still working on it. I mm -hmm. still have to remind myself, like, it's okay. Because if you fail, you know where that point is to move, to move forward from. You know how to learn. Yeah, it's built into it. Arnold's always talking about that. And yeah. I do think it can, it's so obviously applied in every area of life. That's why your book is so great. It's not just for people that already lift or that are even thinking about it. Because it's just, that's what I mean by the human experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, listen, I went through that even just writing the book, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm putting, literally putting like notes on the wall to see what sticks for the narrative <laughs> arc of the book and going, oh God, that doesn't work. And you sit there and you go, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to fail at writing this book. But what I learned from lifting was, okay, well, no, this doesn't make you a failure. How do you rearrange things? How do I literally take those post-its on the wall and rearrange them to make it actually work the way I want it to? How do you feel about it? Did you feel like it, it's exactly what you would hope? Oh, I don't know that any writer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun though. It is. I am really happy with how it turned out. And I am, I think the most happy with the response that I've been getting from people. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of really heartfelt emails from people who tell me um, how impactful it's been for them. And I don't, I didn't anticipate that. Um, I've also heard from a lot of male readers about how much they want to give this book as a gift to the young women in their life. Yeah, that's great. That's been, that's been huge because the idea that they think this would impact a young woman is, is huge for me because I have two daughters and I want this to be something that helps them too. 
Why do you think that is that <clears throat> what you described your experience and how you overcame so much and you, I don't know, you just improve in every area through moving your body. Well, like for most people, even though they know that that's true, it is so hard for them to just like do the, just do it. <laughs> like Nike says, <laughs> So what is that in us, whether it's fear of failure or just like, I'm tired or whatever, what do you, what do you do about that personally? And like, do you try to tell people how to overcome that? I try not to be super prescriptive with anything. Yeah, You're real nice about that. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know. I hate that. Um, (laughs) For me, I think it's never been. Motivation has never worked for me. It's been discipline. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, like I have a program from my coach that has, you know, this is what you do on Monday and Wednesday, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, when I wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning, my alarm goes off and I'm supposed to go down to my garage and work out. I just, I don't know. I just go because the the paper told me to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually, I wanted to ask you about that because um, Arnold always says, and then I saw it in your book, this idea of like, don't think, just do it. And yeah. like that before you even work out, please no thinking, because that's when you start to say, ah, I don't really want to do that. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. My what is with that? Like, yeah. My alarm will go off sometimes and I go, oh, maybe I didn't sleep enough. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe whatever. And by the time I've gone through the whole litany of excuses, my brain's awake and I'm just like, well, uh, all right, just get, I mean, you're awake now. Right. <laughs> you just get up and go do the thing. Right. We could have skipped all that. Right. right yeah. Right. I mean, well, I also, it's, humans are messed up, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's about finding what you love too, right? Like I, if I had to wake up at 6am and go to a spin class, I don't like spinning nine times out of 10. I would just go back to bed. Yeah. But right. I want to lift. I want to go downstairs. You know, and also it's very convenient that it's in my garage. But <laughs> yeah, but everybody could do that. So yeah. everybody can make do with what they have. But I think that the reason why I would be tempted if I were you to proselytize is because you know that they will be happier if they did it. Yeah. Right. So that's what I get frustrated with when I have somebody in my life who's not doing something. And I know whether it's my son or whoever, if he would just do the thing, <laughs> he would be glad, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, listen, we have, I have a saying and I'll proselytize to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's allowed. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have a saying in our house, which is we don't say I can't, we say I'll try. And I am pushy as hell about that with my kids because I don't think I did that for a really long time. You know, I just said things were impossible and I don't want them to grow up thinking that there's anything that's out of the realm of possibility for them. Um, I take them into the gym with me. I let them watch me work out. There's little things in the gym that they can pick up. And I try really hard to not say that there's anything that they can't do. So my almost four-year-old was in the gym with me the other day and she went to go, she was like, mommy, I'm going to pick up that sandbag. (laughs) Sandbag is 112 pounds. (laughs) And listen, had there been any possibility she could lift it, I would have probably said no, because it's dangerous, but I knew she couldn't, she was not going to budge this thing, but she thought she could. How could I not let her just try? You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. Give it a shot. And when she obviously couldn't move it, I was like, okay. I was like, well, guess what? One day you're going to pick that up and it's going to be awesome. That is so cool. Such a good lesson. 
And a lot of what you talk about in the book is about those lessons for women and kind of undoing the messages that we're told through our whole lives about what we ought to look like, what we ought to be doing with our time, what makes us valuable. And do you feel like there's any progress being made in the bodybuilding and fitness sort of situation in that regard? I do. I mean, I think we are getting more accepting of muscles on women, but I also think that there is always this point and we never really know where it is. You know, you don't know where it is until you've crossed it. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's this invisible line where we say, yeah, yeah. Muscles are great. Too many muscles. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, one of like one of my favorite things that i i learned in in doing this book was i was thinking about how we talk about bulkiness right and so if you're a woman who's going to lift you often hear two things you hear oh don't lift because it'll make you bulky or if you're talking to somebody who's enthusiastic about lifting they'll say oh no no it's fine lift you won't get bulky but either way <laughs> suggesting it's negative right right So when I started this chapter on body image, which was the hardest chapter of the whole book for me to write, um, the first thing I did was I looked up the definition of bulky. The definition of bulky is taking up much space, typically inconveniently. (laughs) Yeah. It's the inconvenient part that every time I say that people are like, oh, oh, there it is, right? Yeah. A woman taking up space is inconvenient because it's assumed that she's taking that space from a man. It's inconvenient when we challenge gender norms with the way that our bodies look. But every person I spoke to for this book, and myself included, started to understand when they started lifting that taking up space is actually awesome. We've been taught for so long to just shrink, take up as little space as possible, physically, emotionally, mentally, at work, at home, at school, everywhere. And when you start to take up space in the gym, start to realize you can take up space in other places too. And that becomes really powerful. And that's probably what's scary to the people that are telling you not to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The last thing they want is for you to know how much you're capable of. Yeah. (laughs) Secrets out. (laughs) (laughs) There was this um, really interesting study or um, paper that I found when I was writing this. Um, this Yale professor, his name was uh, Kelly Brownell, and he wrote this over 30 years ago. It's this myth of the infinitely malleable body, right? And the idea of this is that we believe that with any amount, with this magical combination of diet and exercise, we can achieve whatever we are deeming to be the ideal body at the time, right? And so we try to go to these extremes to mold our bodies, which don't want to do that, into these into this shape that isn't possible for us. And that's, you know, that's exhausting. Most of us have been doing that for our entire life. What's strange though, is that to do it surgically is more um, accepted than to lift a a weight. That is true. (laughs) That's disturbing. It really is. You know, that, because that is a, you're conforming to usually, you're conforming to societal expectations, which is welcome. But to lift the weight, now you're challenging something. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Man, that's why your book is so important though, because this is a very 
it's a very specific experience that I think is relatable to at least half of the population. Let me ask you something for real, like practically speaking, (laughs) (laughs) because I have fears about injuries. Like Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy it as no one does. And for example, my co-host, she, she would like me to go back on this show that we do called the challenge. Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm not getting any younger. Okay. And a lot of the people on that show are very young. And so I th- was thinking about you and how you don't seem con- like you don't seem worried about injuries. Are you? Uh, yes, but I am less worried now than I used to be. Why? So, okay. <laughs> because when I was a runner, oh. I kept getting stress fractures. Yeah. Which if listeners don't know, it's basically like a literal crack in your bone. And this would happen to me every time I trained for a marathon. And you kept doing it. And I kept doing it like an idiot. I don't know. (laughs) But what, you know what I wasn't doing? What? Training. Yeah. And ever since I started strength training, I would, you know, start training for long runs and no stress fractures, no overuse injuries. Right. Because now I'm building up my muscles and I'm building up my bone density by putting pressure on my bones through weight. I want that. Right. So that's the biggest thing. Yeah, we can't, and the way, I mean, first of all, I think you and I are really close in age. Um, as we get older and we start to go through perimenopause and then we're going to go through menopause, one of the things we know that happens is we lose our bone density, but we don't have to, Okay, right? what am I going to do? <laughs> so that's that's where lifting heavy things is awesome. And, and again, okay. I, I want to be clear. It's not like you don't have to be lifting your body weight in anything. It's really just about putting more pressure more weight on your bones through those movements than you would be doing something like walking. Yeah. Swimming, I love it. Biking, right? So that's what we know builds bone density. Okay. We also lose muscle mass and muscle strength as we get older. And that's men and women, right? Yeah. Um, when you combine the loss of bone and the loss of muscle, that's where you get into situations like being a fall risk. If you fall, yeah. you risk breaking something, you lose your independence. All that is terrifying. I would rather just keep going to the gym than have any of that happen. Yeah. You said it. It, That's what my mom always says. Pay now or pay later, man. Now, and listen, to be clear, there are a lot of injuries in strongman. (laughs) I'm sure there are. Good Lord. You know, you're lifting crazy things. People are at the top level, you know, people are tearing biceps. Like it happens. It absolutely happens. Sure. Less so at my level, um, probably because I'm not maybe challenging myself to that extent of things. Um, There's injuries in car wrecks too, and we all get in the car. Injuries and everything. Yeah. I'm talking myself in. All (laughs) right. Uh, No, because I really feel inspired by your message and I'm already in that frame of mind, but it's so fun to hear someone like you and the journey that you took and where you are now. It's very inspiring. Thank you. How cool are you? I mean, come on. <laughs> I um, don't know. My kids think I'm not as strong as Lisa <laughs> from Encanto. So like, I know I have a little bit so of work to do. Rude. <laughs> so rude. Yeah. Well, okay. That can be like hashtag goals though, right? Yeah. Um. Okay. So basically everyone needs to read this book, but <laughs> for <laughs> just sort of the takeaway, what is, what is it that you want women, especially to hear in your story? Yeah. I mean, I think. I truly think this idea of taking up space is probably for women, 
the biggest thing that I hope people take away from this. We have been scared for so long that we are not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to look a certain way. We're not supposed to move a certain way. We're not supposed to lift heavy things. I mean, for how long have we been told that we're supposed to be vulnerable, that we're supposed to be saved by a man? Every Disney princess movie that I watched when I was growing up told me that. Um, It's incredibly empowering to learn to do some of these things for yourself and to learn to not really need to rely on anybody else to save you, that you can save you. Um, You know, it's, it might seem like a really minor thing, but I love the fact that if my five, almost six-year-old is, you know, tired on our walk home and doesn't feel like finishing the rest of the walk, that if I have to, I can pick her up and walk her the rest of the way home because I'm strong enough to do that. That's really empowering. Mm -hmm. It really is. So keep up the good work, man. (laughs) And everybody ought to read Secrets of Giants, a journey to uncover the true meaning of strength. Um, You're an inspiration. Thanks so much. So much. Thank you for having me. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.